Well, one day a husband said to his wife, today is a fine day. Well, the wife said, okay. The next day, he said the same thing. Today is a fine day. She thought, okay. Well, again, he said it the next day and the day after and the day after that till finally after a week, the wife was fed up. She said, you've been saying today is a fine day. What's that even supposed to mean? He said, well, last week when we had an argument, you said, watch, I'm going to leave you one fine day, and I was just trying to remind you. <laughs> I was just trying to remind you that today is a fine day. <laughs> Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn to Luke chapter 24, the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. And I've been going through a mini-series that I've entitled, Get Up, and the first week we talked about, Get Up and Receive Your Healing. Last Sunday morning, the title was, Get Up and Wash Your Face. And this morning, the title of the message is, Get Up and Walk Along the Road. And so, would you turn to Luke chapter 24, and we'll be starting from verse 13. The scripture continues after Jesus' death and his resurrection. His body was missing, and many people had different opinions and ideas about what had happened. And so the scripture picks up after those events. And if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? Luke chapter 24, starting from verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said. But they did not see him. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Verse 28. 
As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Then they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your holy word and for the truth that is contained in it. And Lord, we pray that this morning you would open up our hearts and our minds to your word, and may you help speak to us, O God. Lead us, direct us. May your Holy Spirit continue to move and have your way as we are obedient to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. As I said, the title of my message is Get Up and Walk Along the Road. And in this passage of scripture, we see that these two individuals, Cleopas and someone else who is not named, they're walking. They have come from Jerusalem, and the journey was about seven miles, and so they're walking along this road to Emmaus, the village that they were going to. And for them, they were coming from Jerusalem, going to Emmaus. But I want this morning to, for you to think about the road that they walked to represent your spiritual life to represent your spiritual life as an individual. And the road that we walk is, is a long road, and there are different things that we encounter on this road. And there are times where we're walking along this spiritual journey, and we may stop for a little bit, we may take a break and then continue on, and sometimes we become so comfortable where we are that we don't get up and start moving again. And I want to challenge you this morning to think about your spiritual life and your journey along this road, to be challenged to get up and to move, not just stay where you are, not just become comfortable and complacent about your situation right now, but to move and to keep going, to keep pressing on along this journey. And as you walk along this road, I want to offer four things. As you walk along this road, First of all, may you walk with other believers. As you walk along this spiritual journey, may you walk with other believers. The scripture tells us that two of them were walking together, that they had left the others behind and they were walking together. They were walking and talking and discussing the events for what happened. You see, this journey of Christianity, this journey as being a Christian was never meant for us to walk and to live alone, but to live in relationship, not in isolation, in relationship with God, but also in relationship with other believers as well. It's so important that we have other believers with us on this journey to pray for us, to encourage us, to hold us accountable. I'm sure that you've heard, like I've heard many people say, you don't have to go to church. 
right? Why do you have to go to church every week? You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, let me tell you, it's true. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but you do need to go to church in order to grow as a Christian. You do need to go to church in order for us to be held accountable as believers, to help one another the way that we were meant to and supposed to. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it reminds us, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to meet together, to worship together, to pray together, to learn together, to encourage one another. We need each other. This journey was meant for us to walk together in relationship with God and relationship to other people. Criselda spoke of small groups. Small groups is a one-way of us connecting with other believers, walking along this journey, learning together, encouraging one another, studying God's word. I encourage you, join a small group. Sunday school classes, another great way to encourage and to connect. There are so many different Bible studies, different opportunities for you to get involved. I challenge you to walk along with other believers. Don't do it alone. Do it with other people so that you can have that relationship, so that you can have that encouragement, so that you can have that support. But notice this, that as they walked along, they weren't just aimlessly walking just to get to their destination, but the scripture tells us that they were discussing with each other the events that had just happened. Do you notice that? That they were walking and that they were talking. They were discussing, what are those events? Well, all the things that had happened. Jesus' death, the crucifixion, the resurrection. They were discussing the scriptures. They were discussing all of these different things. As we walk along this journey, continue to encourage, continue to discuss the things that we were meant to discuss. You know, it's so easy for us to discuss with believers and non-believers so many other things, right? About sports, about politics, about, you know, the weather, world events, celebrities, all of these different things. But notice that in verse, I believe it's verse 17, Jesus asked them, he asked them, what are you discussing together? He specifically asked them, what are you discussing together as you go along? Jesus asked us the same thing. What are you discussing as you go along in this journey? Are you just talking about the things of this world? Or are you keeping me the center? We can discuss those things, but it's important for us to continue to discuss the things that matter the most, our relationship with God, what God is doing in our lives, what God is showing us, what he's teaching us, his holy word, encouraging one another, praying for one another. Those are the things that he specifically wants us to do as believers. And as you go along this journey, walk and talk with other believers the way that you were meant to. Also, as you walk along this road, point number two is know that Jesus is right there with you. 
Know that Jesus is right there with you. As you walk along this journey of life and this spiritual journey, know that Jesus is right there in the midst with you. In verse 15, the second part, it says Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Jesus was right there with them, even though they did not realize it. Jesus was there. You see, Jesus is there in our lives. He's here in our lives, in the mundane, in the everyday, in the routine. He is there, even though we may not realize it, he is there. He is there with you. He is there right there when you need him. He is there even when you can't recognize him. He is there. He is there when you get that bad report from the doctor. He is there when your loved one passes away. He's there when you found out that your spouse has just walked out on you. He's there when the bills need to be paid but there doesn't seem to be enough money. He's there when your son and daughter gets in trouble. He is there when you lose your job. He is there when you're worried. He's there when you're happy. He is there whether you realize it or not. Jesus is right there with you in the midst. And you can rest assured that he is there even when you may not realize or recognize and he's not going anywhere. I don't know if some of you are like me, but I'm going to tell you something about myself, okay? Okay, but you have to promise not to tell anyone else, okay? (laughs) All right, so what happens in church stays in church here, okay? (laughs) No, I'm just joking. So if you're like me, there are certain places that I don't like to go by myself. In fact, I won't go by myself, all right? So certain places like the movie theater, You know, some people and some of you, and that's fine. I'm just telling you. I cannot go. If I don't have at least one other person with me, I can't go by myself. So I just won't go, right? I'll sit at home or whatever. I will not go to a sit-down restaurant and eat a meal by myself. Fast food, maybe, but not a sit-down restaurant. I just, I can't do it. I will not go on vacation by myself. I just won't right? I will not go to amusement parks or some kind of festivals or anything by myself. There's just certain things that I just won't do by myself. Are any of you like that or am I weird? Okay, okay, so make me feel a little better, right? I refuse to do those things if I don't have someone else with me. I just won't do it. And I tell you this because it causes me to say, Refuse to go through your spiritual journey alone. Refuse to do it. Refuse to say, I'm going to walk this road on my own. No, because it was never meant for you to walk alone. Refuse to do that. Have other people with you. Have the Lord continuously walk with you. Walk with him. Refuse to do it alone because you don't have to. You don't have to, and he doesn't want you to. You see, God desires such a deep relationship with us. He loves us so much that he reminds us that I am right there with you. I am right there even when you don't see me, even when you don't understand. I'm right there with you. I'm standing there in the middle of your trial. I'm standing there in the middle of your situation. I'm standing there in the middle of the fire where it's the hottest with you, and I'm not going anywhere. 
He loves us so much so that Paul grasped this idea of how much God loves us. That in Romans, Paul tells us, he tells us this. He says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that can separate us from him. He is right there with us, and he's not going anywhere. He is right there in the middle with us. God loves us so much that his love is unconditional, that his love is secure. As you walk along this journey, walk with other believers, but also know that Jesus is right there with you. And knowing that he's right there with you, point number three, is also know that no matter what, he is not going to leave you. He is not going to leave you. He walks with you, and he says, I'm not going to leave you. In verse 28, it's interesting because it says that Jesus acted, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. Jesus acted as if he was going further. It didn't say that Jesus just continued on, but it says that he acted as if he were going further. He basically was acting as if he was leaving them, that they got to the point on their journey where they needed to be, these two people, Cleopas and the other person, and so they stopped because that's where they needed to be, and Jesus acted as if he was going on. He was leaving them. He was continuing on. Do you ever feel sometimes on this spiritual journey that Jesus is not there with you? Do you ever feel as if he has left? You know that he hasn't, but do you ever feel like in this moment God's not there anymore? Let's be real. Do you ever feel that way? Where it gets so hard that you wonder, God, where are you? God, why aren't you answering my prayer? God, can you hear me? God, how is it that you're not with me anymore? It may feel as if Jesus went along farther and left you, but he didn't. In verse 29, it says that they urged him strongly, stay with us. They urged him, they asked him, stay with us, don't go in other words, stay here. They start telling him that it's almost dark, stay here, you can have a place uh, to stay overnight, you don't have to go anywhere. They, in other words, invited him in. You see, Jesus will not force his way into our lives. He will not push his way into your life, but he wants to be invited in. He wants us to want him, and we need to make that decision to invite him in. But guess what? In doing so, we need to be careful because when Jesus comes in, he's not just satisfied and he's not just okay with just sitting in the sidelines. When I go to someone's house, and they invite me in, as I have gone to many of your houses for different visits or functions or whatever, you will not find me just go up in your kitchen and start cooking and start making something, and you don't want me to do that anyways, okay? <laughs> don't, don't ask me to. So you will not find me do that. Now, if you ask me to help you, I will, right? I will. And most people will not just go and take over. When Jesus comes in, 
He's not just wanting to sit on the sidelines, but he comes in and he wants to take over. He wants to get in every part of our lives. He's not just okay with standing at the front door. He's not just okay with sitting in the family room, but he wants to go in every single area and help take control and take over. He wants to do that. In verse 30, it says, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Do you notice this? That he's at the table with them, he takes their bread, he blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it to them. Are you following me? He gives them their own bread. In other words, Jesus is now in control here of what's going on. They have given him control to do what it is that he needs to do. See, God wants to take control. When he comes in and when we invite him in, we need to allow him to take control. And in taking control, he's going to start changing things on us. He's going to start changing things around. He's going to start changing the people that you hang out with and the things that you say. When God comes in and takes control, he's going to start changing the places that you go for entertainment. He's going to start changing the things that you watch on TV. He's going to start changing the websites that you visit when nobody else is around. When God comes in and takes control, he's going to change things. Are we willing to let him take control and to change things? After he broke the bread, verse 31 says, then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Their eyes were open, they recognized him and immediately he disappeared. Now, he was no longer physically present with them that they could see. And there are times where we wonder, God, why have you moved? Why have you left? Why have you disappeared? Just because we cannot see him doesn't mean that he's not there. God is spirit. He's always present. He's always there. He is always with us. And he reminds us that not only am I with you, but I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going anywhere we can't see him, but we can know that he is there with us. We can't see him, but we can rest assured that he is not going anywhere, that he is always with us, that he reminds us that I will not leave you or forsake you. And there are times in our life where the devil will come and try to tell us that God's not there anymore, that God has left you that God doesn't care about you. And in those moments, we need to remind ourselves that God says that he is for me and no one can be against me. In those moments, God says that I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. In those moments, God says that I am fighting on your behalf. God is with us and he will not leave us. Amen. On this journey, and lastly, on this journey, as you walk along the road, May you tell other people about Jesus. As you walk along this road in your spiritual journey, it's not just for you, but it's for those that you encounter on this road. It's for those that you share life with. It's for those that you meet up with in those random moments at work, at school, at the mall, at the doctor's office, at the gym, at your appointments. Share with other people and tell other people about Jesus. 
You see, after they broke bread and they realized who it was that they had encountered, who it was that was on the road with them, their eyes were open and they finally understood. They finally understood it was Jesus all along. It was Jesus who was walking with us. It was Jesus who was teaching us. It was Jesus who was fellowshipping with us right there on the road, in our home. He was with us. It's on that road that we grow. It's on that road that we encounter God in different areas, in different ways. And it's also on that road that we need to share and to tell other people about Jesus. Not just keep it to ourselves or not just walk with our heads down or huddled with our little Christian group of friends, but to invite other people in, to welcome other people, to share the hope that we have, to share the peace that we have, to share the love that God has given us, to offer forgiveness in different ways, to help people know there is a place where you belong. On this journey, may you include other people and may you tell them about Jesus. On this road to Emmaus, Cleopas and the other person who was with them thought that it was going to be a sad, lonely journey. But when they realized that Jesus was with them, they changed everything. It changed everything because in verse 33, it says, Immediately they got up and returned to Jerusalem at once. There they found the eleven and those that were with them assembled together. They couldn't stop. They had to go back to Jerusalem. The very place that they were coming from... And walking away from, they went right back because they had to tell the others what they had encountered. And once they got there, they told everything that had happened. You see, when we encounter God in such a real way, and we are changed and we are transformed by the encounter that we have, we'll no longer run away from what God has saved us from, but we'll start to run toward what God has saved us We won't run away from what God has saved us from, but we'll start to run toward what God has saved us for, for the purpose that we have. We will start to embrace it. As we continue on this journey of life, sometimes we can get so focused on what was behind us that we forget about focusing and giving control and concentration to what's in front of us. The Apostle Paul says, I press on. I strain toward what is ahead, forgetting what is behind. But I look behind to give God thanks. I look behind so that I don't go that way anymore. But I strain toward what is ahead because that is where I want to be. God is there and his grace is there with us. And we can rest assured that as we walk along this journey of life, we can walk with other believers We can know that God is right there with us. We can know that when he is right there with us, he's not going to leave us. And we must remember to tell other people about Jesus. This is what he wants from us. His grace is sufficient on this journey, on this road that we walk. It's not always going to be easy. But remember who God is and the fact that he is there. God says that he is the great I am. He doesn't say I was the great, I am the great I was or I am the great I will be, but I am 
the great I am. I am with you right now in the journey, and I will not leave you. My grace is sufficient. Amen. 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 Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you are right there in the middle with us. We thank you, Father, that on this journey of our lives and our spiritual journey, that you walk along the road with us. And so, Father, may you continue to help us to grow, continue to help us to draw near to you, continue, Father, to challenge us to be changed, to be transformed, O oh God, and to grow more and more in the image of Christ. And so, Lord, may you help us in all of our ways to get up and to walk along the road. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.